had to I had to flip through my Bible here because um, I actually have a really bad memory. But I was thinking this morning, I'm actually grateful for my bad memory because when I can't find a certain book in the Bible or I, I can't find something, um, often for me it's like reading it for the first time. And I was thinking, I'm so thankful for something that didn't actually look like a miracle. Now, when I look back and I, I read the scripture, um, I'm so thankful that I can forget and, and read it new each time, sometimes almost every time. I mean, I was reading about this, this verse from James. It was passing through my mind since we had spoken about joy. That consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So you're in a trial. It's joy. It, it's, but there's a process to it. So I, I never could kind of get there. And from just trial to joy. Now I'm going to talk about uh, my, my daughters, because I love them so much. My daughter, when we were going over the story of Mary and Joseph going to the Bible, she said to me, Mom, why is the Bible written like this? And I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? And she said to me, Mom, like it's just written, like just written. And, and I didn't understand exactly what she was saying. What she was saying to me, why, why is there no description? My daughters are wonderful at telling stories. They're descriptive. They create characters. There's a climax. There's all kinds of stuff that's going on. And um, when she was talking to me about that, I, I thought, yeah, you know, if that was the case, um, there would be, um, sorry, uh, there would be, it, it would just be the biggest book in the world. And, you know, I was thinking also of when I gave birth to my daughters. Um, when I had a birth plan, you know, it was kind of like go to the hospital and um, come out with a baby. And that, that really was my birth plan, hospital, and both of us go home. And uh, I was thinking about Mary's birth plan, what, what a deviation that was. And I, I remember at one point when I was in the hospital, um, I was, I said over my shoulder, can, uh, can will you stay with me? Because I all of a sudden, I freaked out. I got really scared. And, and all of a sudden, my children's dad popped into view. And he's like, I'll never leave you. And I was looking at him like, what? And the reason why I was looking at him funny was because actually, I was talking to the nurse behind him. I didn't want her to leave me. <laughs> and it made me appreciate Mary's story. Now, I work with pregnant women. I actually totaled before um, I gave birth how many pregnant women I've talked with I would say conservative when I did I was very surprised It was actually about 3,500 that I had spoken to and So my birth plan was very realistic and when I think about um, Birth plans like as I was working, you know, it seems that the younger girls are the more 
idealistic their birth plans are. They want essential oils. They want a massage. They've come in with their pedicures. Don't laugh. But it's true. The younger they are, the more ideal, idealistic the birth plan is. Now, when Mary entered into her birth experience and her pregnancy, we read in the beginning of Luke that she actually was overjoyed. She had someone who was confirming that this was the Christ in Elizabeth. And she stayed with Elizabeth for three months. And in that three months, I'm sure there was a lot of birth planning going on. I really would love to know when at one point she realized she'd be traveling on a donkey. And she'd be traveling 144 kilometers, roughly, when I did on Google Maps from Nazareth to, to Bethlehem. I don't know about you, I've never ridden a donkey. I don't think I'd want to ride a donkey. I don't think I'd want to ride a donkey pregnant. <laughs> and I kind, of wonder if it was a, <laughs> I kind of wonder if it was a difficult journey because it seems to me that they may have come to Bethlehem late because there was no room anywhere. And here Mary's going into labor. Now keep in mind, Mary at the time was young. They say around that time, maybe between 12 and 16. I don't know if that's true, is that true? She was young, first baby. She didn't have her mother. She didn't have her house. She didn't have her home. She didn't have her friends. And here she is in a barn. Barns at night, they're usually cleaned in the morning and kind of get pretty smelly. This, I don't think we can appreciate what a trial this may have been for Mary. And yet Mary in her song beforehand was saying, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He's been mindful of his servant. The mighty one has done great things for me. And here she is traveling a long ways from home, from everything familiar, in something that could be quite scary, giving birth. But later on after birth, these shepherds appear to worship the shepherd. These shepherds were so amazed at what they saw with an angel chorus, they could not be quiet about what they had seen, what they had heard, that they came to worship the King of Kings, the Holy Shepherd. I think one of the most significant verses for me since I was a child in this story is in Luke 19, Luke 2 verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. We are not going to be without trials. We are not, we're either going to be before a trial, in a trial, after a trial, which ends up being before a trial. But how is it that James says, consider it pure joy when you face trials? And I think we need to look at Mary's story. Because Mary, before her trials, she knew who she was. She knew who her God was. Later on, she took all these things of everything that had happened and she pondered them and treasured them in her heart.
When I think about that, I think about planting a seed. You can't necessarily see where you've planted a seed. A seed before it's planted is just a seed. When it's put in the ground, a miracle happens deep in the ground, hidden. Mary's trial beforehand, like a lot of us, is the tilling of that soil to plant that seed. Without that breaking up of the soil, how can we have the seed of joy to grow in us? With Mary planting that seed in her heart, she didn't put it on Facebook. She didn't put it on Instagram. She didn't have it open to opinions. She didn't have it for someone to one-up her story. She held it inside. I once heard a preacher say, some of you just leave joy right out there for people to take. When you hold joy in your heart and know who you are in God and know who God is to you, it grows. She held these things carefully in her heart to face so many things, possibly the death of her husband, to face Jesus suffering, persecuted on the cross, thinking he was left, she was left alone, waiting all that time for him to start his ministry. It was a long, long wait for Mary until she finally went to the wedding and said, like, let's get going. Holding things in your heart, treasuring that joy, we can say that the trials do become pure joy. Like Mary, before the trial, know who you are in God. Know who God is to you. In the trial, know who he is. Keep your eyes on him and know that after the trial, you have so much to treasure in your heart to grow. Amen. Wow. Come on, give it up for Anna. Come on, we can do better than that.